emanating from www.michaelnimmons.com. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is Michael Eric Dyson. This is Rochelle Riley, straight out of Detroit. This is Dr. Victoria Dooley at Dr. Dooley MD. Well, everybody, it's your boy, comedian Jay Stevens. This is Frederick D. Haynes III. I am Justin Coates, an author and anti-bullying activist. I am Pam Perry. Hey, everybody, this is Rochelle V. Mann, CEO of Man Made Productions. This is Bree Diane, international evangelist. Hey, this is Candace Pretty Strange Smith. And what's up? This is Ty Scott King. I was cracking Planet Earth. It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemes. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud Radio show welcome to Emmy Award winning WXYZ Channel 7 anchor woman and new friend of the show, Miss Carolyn Clifford. Well, thank you, Michael, and what a nice introduction. So happy to be here. You know what I've got to do. i got to check out my man, Michael Nimmons, who is handling his business as he drops that knowledge. I like that because Frederick Douglass, for whom I'm named, says that knowledge unfits us for slavery. Truth sets us free. If you want to be free, you want to be like Mike. Check out the best radio show online. You're locked in right now to our listening. You're tuned into this. And without thinking about it, guess what? I'm thinking out loud right here on a Thinking Out Loud radio show. And if you want to stay in the know, you better be listening to Thinking Out Loud radio show. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Check out Thinking Out Loud. Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thinking Out Loud radio show. Don't you dare touch that dial. The Thinking Out Loud radio show with Michael Nimmin. Featuring author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmin's. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nemmons. And that's right, guys. You're tuned in to the show that's giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is the MLK edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We're so very excited to be bringing to you uh, the third installment of this kind of show on the Thinking Out Loud radio show over the past two years that we've been doing uh, this show, this podcast, this is our third installment of what we're calling the MLK edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And um, he has definitely made an indelible mark, not just in, in our world, but on a personal note, 
in our lives as well. Uh, I'm sure those that are listening on tonight uh, have um, great fond memories of Dr. King. Those that lived during the Civil Rights Movement, uh, some even might have, some of you might have even marched with him. Uh, some of you were not alive when he was alive, so all you have is his speeches, his books, and other writings and videos of of him uh, giving his speeches uh, in various places around the country and around the world. Um, me, of course, I was not alive when he was, uh, but I have family who was alive when Dr. King was alive, and um, some of them marched with him when he was in Detroit uh, and in Washington. Uh, and but but I um, uh, was able to you know listen to recordings on records and 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 audio tapes and whatnot. Of course, we have video on YouTube, and uh, and so you know just having access to those those things really helps us to um, really appreciate um, you know in some ways the magnitude of uh, his um, his legacy the legacy that he left behind um, to all of us that have reaped the benefits of the civil rights movement and the many sacrifices that he and many others have made to get us to where we are today and so uh, I'm just excited again about uh, having this platform and being able to do a show like this on uh, the day after MLK Day, uh, which took place on January the 20th. This is the 21st, of course, but uh, we are dedicating this show to the life and the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And on tonight, we have a great show in store for you. We're going to be talking about human trafficking and sex trafficking. That's right, guys. A, a growing epidemic, not just around the world, not just here in this in this country, but right here in our own neck of the woods in the state of Michigan. And uh, we have an expert in the person of uh, Sandra Ramakin, who is uh, director of outreach and educational services for Alternative for Girls. And she is going to be on the show on tonight sharing with us her uh, her knowledge and insights about this growing epidemic, as well as giving us uh, you as parents that maybe some parents listening on tonight, uh, giving you some great advice on how. Uh, to, uh, you know, really uh, educate your children, uh, your young ladies, your young girls on how to conduct themselves and carry themselves um, in this in this society where these types of things take place. So this is definitely an interview, guys, you do not want to miss. And as a side note, I didn't even know that when I booked this interview um, just a few days ago that this month is dedicated to um, trafficking awareness. That's right, guys. Had no idea that the month of January is trafficking awareness month. And I found that out on Twitter uh, from um, a very distinguished reporter on Channel 7, WXYZ, Anu Prakish. I believe, I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly. Uh, but I saw a tweet um, uh, that she um, put out there a uh, story that she's going to be sharing I believe um, on her um, on her station channel 7 WXYZ about um, a um, human sex uh, sex a human trafficking um, uh, victim that is speaking out uh, and she has the story so I was not even aware that this month is human trafficking awareness month and so 
I mean, that is confirmation. Talk about confirmation. God just confirmed uh, that in not just our spirit, but also he confirmed it uh, through another outside source. I mean, I have been thinking about doing a show like this, and I talk about it in our interview with um, uh, with uh, Sandra Ramakin. She can tell you that I reached out to Alternative for Girls uh, back in December uh, to do an interview like this, and uh, we were not able to uh, get anything done in December, too close to the holidays. We understood that, but then we reached out again here in January, just a few days ago, and were able to get an interview done and had no idea that this month is Trafficking Awareness Month. So I hope you are uh, blessed by this interview. Hope those who are listening on tonight. I know you guys are going to have some great takeaways from uh, what Sandra Ramakin has to share with you uh, during our interview about human and sex trafficking coming up in just a little bit. During our What Are You Thinking About segment, we're going to be talking about what you're thinking about, of course, and uh, we're going to be talking about a new Dr. King conspiracy surrounding his death. I'm sure you've heard quite a bit, but this is one that I have not heard before. Uh, I have to admit to you, I haven't heard this before, but we're going to be sharing with you a new Dr. King conspiracy surrounding his death. You know, he died, was assassinated uh, April 4th, 1968 in Memphis, Tennessee at the Lorraine uh, Motel uh, there on the balcony there. Uh, but this new doc, this new uh, conspiracy uh, that has been um, put out by, I believe, Dr. William Pepper uh, is very interesting. So I'm going to share that with you during our What Do You Think? Thinking about segment. Also, we're going to give you a Senate trial impeachment update. This is the first day, day one of the Senate trial impeachment. That's right, guys. Um, and it is heating up. <laughs> a lot of legalese being discussed uh, uh, starting out, but um, uh, a lot of uh, good information we're going to be sharing with you uh, about the impeachment trial taking place uh, in the Senate, uh, which is the second phase of uh, this uh, impeachment process, which is the removal process uh, that um, uh, takes place in the Senate. So we'll be sharing with you some of our thoughts about that in just a few minutes. And rounding out the three topics for uh, What Are You Thinking About Seven, where we talk about what you're thinking about. We're going to be talking about the college football playoffs, how that ended, as well as Super Bowl 54. Who's going to be in it and who are, who we're picking to win it all. So you don't want to miss that, guys. We're going to be sharing with you uh, that in just a few minutes. And as is our custom, we always close the show out with a thought of the week. And tonight's show is no different. We're going to be dedicating tonight's thought of the week to the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Sharing with you one of our favorite uh, speeches and sermons that he delivered. In fact, it was the last one that he delivered. I've been to the mountaintop. Sharing with you an excerpt from that speech during our thought of the week. So as I said, guys, we've got a great show in store for you. Um, always hit us up on Twitter, Instagram at TOL Radio Host MSN. Leave us a comment on our Facebook fan page at www.facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud Radio Show or drop us an email at contact at michaelnimmons.com. We would love to hear from you. Go to our radio show page on our website, michaelnimmons.com. Leave us a comment there as well. We got a great show in store for you guys, so without any further ado, let's get to it.
You is live. A sea of race fists and silence. 2020 fight is getting very real. Democrats jumping in, speaking out. Jesse Smollett. A month ago, few people knew who he was. You're watching The Breakfast Club. If you take it all into consideration, Stephen A. Listen, the argument that where, where you absolutely disgust me. I'm D-Lemon right now. How you feeling? Better than I deserve. You feel better today? I'm getting there. Yeah. What are you thinking about? This is the January 21st edition of the What Are You Thinking About segment where we talk about what you're thinking about and we kick off tonight's show talking about a new conspiracy theory regarding the death of Martin Luther King Jr. As you know, yesterday was the 20th and it was our nation's celebration of MLK Day and I believe... If Dr. King was still alive, he would be celebrating uh, his 90th birthday. Uh, I believe that was that would have been his 90th birthday, January the 15th. And the 20th would be our day, the nation's day, where we commemorate and celebrate the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. However, um, we were made aware, uh, someone tweeted out uh, just few days ago, a few days before Dr. King's birthday, a conspiracy theory that I had not heard of. In fact, I'm calling it new, but apparently this is something that has been uh, circulated before, and I thought I would make our listeners aware of it. Uh, someone by the name of Dr. William Pepper has put a video out and put a series of videos out. We've actually put this video on our Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page. If you want to check it out, you can uh, check that video out on our Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page. But Dr. William Pepper uh, is making the assertion that Dr. King wasn't killed by um, the assassin's bullet of Lee Harvey Oswald. But he was actually killed in the hospital. That's right. So he wasn't, the assassin's bullet did not kill Dr. King on the hotel balcony of the Lorraine Motel in Memphis, Tennessee. You see the iconic picture of Jesse Jackson and Ralph Abernathy standing, pointing in the direction that the shot came out or rang out and Dr. King's body laying limp on the balcony. But Dr. William Pepper is asserting that Dr. King was yet alive 
on the balcony of the Lorraine Motel when the ambulance took him to the hospital. In fact, there was a picture even tweeted out as a part of this uh, so-called evidence of Dr. King uh, still being yet alive after he was uh, shot on the balcony of the Rain Motel. But rather, this was a photograph that was being used, uh, or a photograph of him in the hospital after he was stabbed at a book signing in New York City. Uh, this um, uh, was famously talked about during his last uh, his last speech entitled I've Been to the Mountaintop. He talked about the deranged woman who stabbed him at a book signing in New York City. What's interesting though is this conspiracy theory that Dr. William Pepper is propagating that Dr. King was not a, was not killed on the balcony of the Lorraine Motel but rather um, later on in the hospital he was still alive the doctors was, were trying to um, save his life when a surgeon walked in with uh, two men um, dressed in black suits and this this white surgeon walked in and began to uh, berate Dr. King and the other doctors and say uh, do not save this uh, SOB's life and he demanded that the doctors leave uh, the hospital, leave the, uh, the the room immediately, and uh, there was a nurse, a black nurse, according to the video. Of course, you can watch it on I think in our loud Facebook fan page, um, and I'm just giving you the gist of it. But uh, this nurse happened to stop and uh, watch uh, as she walked out of the room. The three men. Uh, Hawked up spit as if they were uh, gathering phlegm in their throat and then they began to spit at the body or spit on the body of Dr. Martin King Jr. and the white surgeon walked over to his bedside and pulled out his pillow pull out, pull out the pillow of Dr. King and he smothered Dr. King at that point to death and so it was not, according to Dr. William Pepper, the assassin's bullet that killed Dr. King on the hotel balcony or the motel balcony of the Lorraine Motel, but rather uh, him being suffocated by the pillow of a white surgeon in the hospital. So I'd love to know what your thoughts are about this conspiracy theory. Of course, you know, you can always go to our Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page. And there you'll be able to watch the video um, that was um, put out by somebody named by the name of Bekai Zulu. Bekai Zulu. It's entitled MLK wasn't killed by a bullet. He was suffocated by a doctor in the emergency room. And of course, we want to give you a quick update on the impeachment. Uh, trial taking place in the Senate. This is the second phase of, of the impeachment process. Of course, you already know that Donald Trump has been impeached in the House of Representatives. Uh, Nancy Pelosi and uh, the managers uh, have been selected, of course, for the Senate trial. They walked over those documents uh, on last week, last Wednesday, I believe it was. 
And um, and so now we are in day one of the Senate trial of the impeachment of Donald Trump. Actually, this is the removal phase. And just want to remind our listeners that we said this several months ago. Um, in fact, we said this, I think, when we started the show, that Donald Trump was going to be impeached um, in office. You know, uh, he definitely was impeached in Congress. Um, and and so now we're in the removal phase of that process. We already know that there is a Republican majority in the Senate. The likelihood of him being removed from uh, office is... is um, is very slim right now. However, uh, keep in mind this is a, a very significant moment in our nation's history. There have only been three presidents that have been impeached, and that is uh, actually two presidents that have been impeached. The other actually resigned, and that is uh, Andrew Johnson and Bill Clinton were both impeached in the House. They were later acquitted in the Senate, but Richard Nixon is the president that resigned after he was impeached because he believed that he was going to be removed in the Senate. So Donald Trump would be the third president who was impeached in the House of Representatives and in all likelihood could very well be acquitted in the Senate. But um, as you can see, according to CNN, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has made no secret that he wants the impeachment trial of Donald Trump over as soon as possible. Ideally, before the president comes to Capitol Hill on February the 4th. This is according to CNN. Um, at, and at a moment, under the initial rules for debate proposed by McConnell on Monday night, the trial could actually wrap up by the middle of next week. So they're really on, they're really trying to fast track this, guys. They're really trying to <laughs> fast track this impeachment trial uh, for the sake of railroading uh, railroading the American people. This this is this is nothing but a cover up. There's just one problem with McConnell's speedy timetable. As we continue reading this article uh, on CNN, a large majority of Americans, including a plurality of Republicans, believe new witnesses who did not testify during the House proceedings should be allowed to, to appear in the Senate trial. In a new CNN polling, nearly 7 in 10 Americans, that's 69%, support new witnesses being allowed to testify. The number includes 86 of self-identified Democrats and 69% of political independents. Most intriguingly, it also includes 48% of Republicans who say they want to hear from new witnesses. Higher than the percentage of 44% who say they do not want any new witnesses to be called. So, it's safe to say that the majority of Americans want witnesses to testify during this Senate impeachment trial. But again, the Republicans are trying their best to cover all of this up by not allowing evidence, uh, allowing evidence from the uh, House impeachment trial, uh, 
or new evidence that's come out since uh, Nancy Pelosi has held those articles of impeachment, which I think was a good move. And I, I, I said that on our last podcast, holding those articles of impeachment uh, allow for new evidence to be presented, allow some more time to pass and allow for new individuals to come forward that are willing to testify. So, you know, even though it seems like the Republicans are trying to push this through, it sounds to me like um, there's more things that are happening that might delay this process a bit. So we're going to keep uh, a close eye on this. This trial is going to be taking place for what I understand six days a week, 12 hour days. Um, you know, so Senate Republicans and Democrats are going to be uh, in session six days a week, hammering this out. And of course, we'll be able to watch it unfold right before our very eyes. This is a very historic moment for us as an American people and uh, one that we should pay very close attention to. And finally, we want to give a quick recap of the College and Pro Football Week that was. Shouts out to... LSU Tigers for beating the Clemson Tigers on January the 13th. They did so in grand fashion. Shouts out to quarterback Joe Burrows for not only winning this year's Heisman, but also winning the national championship. The LSU Tigers are your 2019-2020 college football playoff champions. Course to the NFL. Two great games on Sunday. The AFC and NFC Championship games featuring the Tennessee Titans versus the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. Two great games, guys. We'll start with the Tennessee Titans versus the Kansas City Chiefs. I had the Tennessee Titans picked to win after Baltimore got beaten by the Titans because I was a fan of Coach Vrabel and what he did to the New England Patriots. Derrick Henry is a monster, a beast. But in the end, they could not handle quarterback Patrick Mahomes and his heroics. I mean, guys, this, this quarterback here... Is is uh, is the truth? He, he he put the team on his back, and the Kansas City Chiefs got it done. They took out the Tennessee Titans, and in the end, the Tennessee Titans could not hang on down the stretch. The Patrick Mahomes was just a little bit too much for them, and Kansas City punched their ticket to Super Bowl Fifty Four. And in San Francisco, that's right, guys. San Francisco versus the Green Bay Packers. Everybody was saying that this was this got this had to be Aaron Rodgers' last shot at making it to the Super Bowl. Could he do it? Could Aaron Rodgers do it? Well, it was a hard-fought game, but in the end, San Francisco was the victor. That's right, guys. San Francisco really looked like the better team. Garoppolo looked like the better quarterback. Aaron Rodgers looked very, very 
pedestrian in the first half. Um, it was 27 to nothing in the first quarter. And um, by the end of the first half, it was 34 to 7. So Green Bay really, really um, had a, 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 it was an uphill climb for most of the game for them. And at the end, to the victor goes the spoil. I asked the question, is Aaron Rodgers still the greatest, still better than Tom Brady? And if, you know, in all, if, um, if his career was to end today, I would say no because Tom Brady has more Super Bowl rings. Aaron Rodgers would have to put up more uh, wins uh, in the Super Bowl in order to my and my book to be on the same level as Tom Brady. The wins in my mind make Tom Brady the better quarterback. Even though um, Aaron Rodgers is a gifted passer, no question about it, no doubt about it. He definitely makes um, the game look easier uh, as you watch him, and and he's able to do things that a lot of quarterbacks are not able to do. In the end, Aaron Rodgers could not hold off the de- the defense of Kansas City. I'm sorry, not Kansas City, but San Francisco and the 49ers punched their ticket to Super Bowl 54. So, ladies and gentlemen, the matchup for Super Bowl 54 is the can- your Kansas City Chiefs versus the San Francisco 49ers. That's right, guys. Super Bowl 54 taking place January January, I'm sorry, February the 2nd, 2020, 630 in Miami at the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Garden, Florida. Kansas City Chiefs versus San Francisco 49ers. Who you got? Who do you have? I'm picking the Kansas City Chiefs. I know I said, I know I said my picks were San Francisco and the Baltimore Ravens. One out of two is not bad, but I, I just, I just, I'm, I, I'm riding Patrick Mahomes. This guy is otherworldly. I think he's going to do it this this time. Uh, first Super Bowl, made it to the AFC Championship game last year, got beat by the Patriots. I think this guy is going to get it done. My my pick to win the Super Bowl this year is the Kansas City Chiefs. Love to know what your thoughts are on that. got who you got leave us a comment on our thinking out loud facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud radio show or on twitter and instagram at tol radio host msn or the tol radio show or send us an email at contact at michaelnemons.com or leave us a comment on our official radio show page at michaelnemons.com we would love to hear from you who you got for super bowl 54 or any of the topics that we discuss during tonight's show all right we're going ready to take our first break of the night but when we come back we get right into our interview with director of education outreach services for the alternative for girls organization you don't want to go anywhere you're tuned in to the mlk edition of the thinking out loud radio show we'll be right back
You're tuned in to the thinking Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Hi, my name is Maya, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with radio show host and my daddy, Michael Nimmons. You better listen to that little girl. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you were you to believe? Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. We'll be right back. We are back on the MLK edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, and we have a very, very special guest on the line with us on tonight. Uh, as I said earlier, we're going to be talking about uh, human and sex trafficking, and this uh, individual is an expert in this field and working uh, in this area for uh, many, many years, uh, helping to rescue young girls young women uh, that have been uh, become victim, fallen victim to uh, this growing epidemic in our society and can't wait to get into this discussion with her. But before we do that, we want to give her a proper introduction. Known uh, by many as the voice for those who can no longer find the words, Sandra Romican serves uh, the community with conviction and unwavering passion, making an unforgettable imprint and the lives of children and adults in crisis. Ramekin serves on several boards of directors, including Inside Out, the Hope Foundation, Singing Sensations, and the Boys Hope Girls Hope Organization. I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud radio show welcome to new friend of the show, Director of Outreach and Education Services for Alternative for Girls, Sandra Ramekin. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, Sandra. Thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate it. Absolutely. We're so very happy to have you on the Thinking Out Loud radio show, the MLK edition, uh, on tonight. And 
As I said earlier, uh, we're talking human and sex trafficking on tonight's show. And from what I understand, this is a growing epidemic, not just uh, in our country, but right in our neck of the woods, in, right here in the state of Michigan. And so uh, I have a lot of questions we want to ask you on tonight. And so without any further ado, let's get to it. So is this epidemic of uh, human and sex trafficking uh, something that has been happening recently or is this something that has been going on for some time now and we're just now finding out about it? You know, Mike, I think a lot of people think that this is something new, but this is, has been going on for quite a long time. Uh, human trafficking has been an epidemic, an issue across the world, actually, for many, many, many years. In fact, my organization has been on the forefront of this work for over 33 years. So it's been going on for a very long time. I see. 33 years your organization has been in existence. Wow, I did not know that this problem has been around that long. Yes. Now, it may not have been referred to as human trafficking. It wasn't uh, you know, known as that. But that's the work we've been doing on the streets, doing outreach for many, many years. Okay, I have another question for you before we get too far into this uh, discussion. Is human trafficking and sex trafficking the same thing or are they two different criminal activities? And if so, what is the difference? Well, to, just to bring clarity here, human trafficking is kind of the broader term, but sex trafficking falls up under human trafficking. It just takes different forms. You have sex trafficking. You can have labor trafficking. You can even have forced marriages as part of this human trafficking piece. People even talk about organ trafficking. So there are a lot of forms of human trafficking. Sex trafficking, though, is what we see quite a bit of happening here in the United States and in our area in, uh, in Detroit. I understand that there uh, may be some myths as well as truths uh, that we may or may not uh, be aware of when, when it comes to human and sex trafficking. And one of the reasons that you're on the show with us on tonight is to dispel some of those myths so, um, Sandro, I want you to share with us some of the myths of, of human and sex trafficking, as well as some of the truths that we may or may not be aware of. Well, there, there are quite a few of them, actually. And uh, one is that some believe that it only happens to females because there are boys and men who are being trafficked. Another part of that myth tends to say that they're only young girls, but I am, I've encountered women who are in their 50s that have been trafficked. However, it started early. A lot of them started early because the average age of introduction to human trafficking or sex trafficking is between 11 to 14 and in this area up to 16 years old, but it can continue. That's one myth. Another myth is that transportation has to take place. They have to be transported from one place to another. That's a huge myth, Mike, because 
a lot of trafficking happens sometimes even inside the home. It's a lot of familiar stuff going on. Or they're, they're, you know, right in their same area where they live. They stay in the state or they stay in the the, um, region that they live. So transporting them does not have to be a factor for uh, sex trafficking. That is not one of the criteria of sex trafficking. So that's a myth. Another myth is that, um, you know, a lot of times that uh, they can't, you know, they're well, they are forced to stay where they, they're forced into this, uh, you know, uh, trafficking thing. It's a, it's forced fraud or coercion. But a lot of times people think, well, you know, um, they're always being beaten or a lot of times it's through boyfriending. They have different forms of uh, recruiting these girls or, or people into human trafficking. And so, the girls or the victims tend sometimes not to even know that they're being trafficked. And so, you know, um, they feel that this person loves them. They're, you know, the person, their trafficker really, really loves them. So there are quite a few myths out there um, about human trafficking that really is sometimes just kind of a skit. Scare tactic. Sometimes, you know, a, a lot of things um, people believe now that it's a grab and snatch and grab thing. You know, you might have heard a lot about the white van in this area, about, you know, kids being snatched. That is not primarily the way that kids or, or you know, women or victims are caught into this. They're recruited, they're boyfriended, they are frauded some kind of way to believing that. Um, they, there's hope for uh, you know a better future for them. They can they can get a great job or they can get a great you know spot on a TV show or something. And so those are the ways that they're really brought into this, not necessarily the snatch and grabs. I know you are enjoying our interview with Director of Outreach and Education for the Alternative for Girls organization, Sandra Ramekin. So happy to have her on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And she's been just dispelling some of the myths that are out there about uh, human and sex trafficking and giving us some insights into what is going on with this growing epidemic, uh, not just here in our nation, but right here in the state of Michigan in our neck of the woods. And uh, I think this is a topic that is very appropriate uh, to discuss on uh, MLK, uh, on this MLK edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We all, we all know that Dr. King was not just a civil rights leader, but he was a proponent of human rights. I believe Dr. King said on one occasion that God is not interested merely in the freedom of black and brown people, but God is interested in the freedom of the whole human race. And that is the reason why I believe this topic is so appropriate for us to discuss during this MLK observance. So uh, I want to know from you, uh, Sandra, how do sex traffickers identify their victims? You know, Mike, they are good at what they do. This is their craft and they have honed it well. So they look for vulnerabilities. Um, a lot of times, if home kid girls or victims who are homeless, who are maybe caught was in the foster care system or they're runaways, 
it is said that within 48 hours of a person being homeless, a young person being homeless, they have been approached by a pimp. Within 48 hours, Mike, they've been approached by a pimp. The pimp is looking for vulnerabilities. They're looking for someone who may, you know, show that they show some forms of um, homelessness or if they have uh, low self-esteem, they know how to recognize that um, that kind of thing. Or they may even look in a crowd of girls who, and a, a girl may be extremely talkative because they're looking for someone who, who's looking for some kind of attention. They provide the attention and they build relationships with these uh, victims to, so that they can get them to trust them. That's the big thing. It's about trust and control. And um, once they trust them, another what they do is that they really encourage them to uh, to get on drugs so that dependency can be heightened and that that's their free will can be taken away from them, the victim's free will. And now the pimp is in control. Sometimes this grooming, though, um, takes a long time. I mean, they may, like I said, boyfriending. The pimp may act as if, you know, they really, he really cares about them because he realizes that this person is looking for love or needs to belong, you know, or wants a safe place to be. And so this person, this pimp, provides that for them. Um, again, it's about vulnerability. It's about um, the LGBTQ um, population. They're um, particularly vulnerable. There are people who have been, you know, I mean, there are a lot of oppressions that's going on. They look for any kind of vulnerability, and they they really hone in on that, and that's how they um, pick their next victim. So is the only type of victim, uh, you know, those who are, you know, maybe considered homeless or runaways or are there other types of victims, you know, those that might be engaged in social media uh, or, you know, in some other outside activity that, uh, you know, might have made them vulnerable uh, to, you know, a sex trafficker in some way, you know, uh, give us some more examples of how our young people have become susceptible to this growing epidemic of human and sex trafficking. Um, yes, that's true. There's no, there's really no true profile of a victim. That's, Homelessness and runaway and foster care system, that's just one way of recruiting or bringing them, luring them in. It could be social media. It could be, you know, um, them going out and meeting them at the mall where, where young people gather. It could be a variety of ways. It could be familial. I've been in situations where I have, I have uh, been a part of things with the FBI where you have family members who are trafficking the young people or other family members. So mm. it could be happening right, at, right inside the home. It doesn't have to be that they are runaways, in fact. It could be social media. It could be inside the home as well. I, I actually am working with a survivor now who her first encounter with it, she was in her late teens inside of her home, and it was her uncle that was trafficking her. He was bringing dates inside the home. Yeah, so that, you know, money can be exchanged and he can really profit from it. But she was a victim inside her home by the hand of her own uncle. And the the thing is, as we're talking about MLK, um, uh, Mike, 
You know, he said, um, Dr. Martin, Dr. King said, our lives begin to end the day uh, we become silent about things that matter, right? Right. One, one of the things that we know about, um, you, you know, in some of our homes and how the culture in our homes is that, you know, what happens here stays here, right? Right. Inside here, uh, we don't talk about, we, we don't, you know, put out there. And so having the dialogue and having conversation about what's really going on, um, get the young people don't feel as comfortable because they feel like, okay, we can't talk about this stuff. And so they're hushed as a result of that. And we don't get that conversation happening for them to tell us, hey, uncle so-and-so or, you know, my aunt, whoever is doing it inside the home, this is happening because we don't typically talk about these things. This is supposed to be hush-hush. Author and speaker, Dr. Eddie Connor. I, I was reading something the other day, and it's, it's interesting. Uh, it's been 50 years since... Uh, Dr. King was killed. Fifty years later, they're still killing kings. You know, uh, to to really speak truth to power, but also to to speak to our young men about uh, police brutality, but also the whole spectrum that, in many cases, they live in the crosshairs of society. We can give them all the the tips, tools, and things of the trade of how to govern yourself accordingly, but we see young men all across America, and we we know. Uh, so many cases we just become desensitized to a young man who is shot and killed because the police were threatened by the fact that he pulled something out of his pocket and it was a phone when they thought it was a gun. Practitioner and spokesperson, Dr. Victoria Dooley. I do feel strongly that as the African-American community and the church, we need to take mental illness more seriously and we need to make it okay for somebody to seek out health care for mental health issues other than prayer. Absolutely, 100%. Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, Rochelle Riley. Uh, I, I can tell you, and before we leave, uh, Ali, let me tell you that it wasn't just an interview with him, but my very first column called for the city of Louisville to have a museum for him because at that time there was nothing bearing his name except a little strip of street, you know, how it works in some cities where... Martin Luther King Boulevard is in a part of town, but in the rest of the town, it's named something else. That column ran, and the mayor and other folks who knew better and who were embarrassed by it said, okay, it's time. And that helped lead to this effort that had been going on for some time to raise $80 million to build the Muhammad Ali Center, which now exists on the banks of the Ohio River. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Everybody, this is Sandra Ramekin, Director of Outreach and Education for Alternatives for Girls in Detroit, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with the amazing Michael Nimmin. Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial.
You are enjoying our interview with the Director of Education and Outreach Services for Alternative for Girls, Sandra Ramakin. Let's get back into this insightful and informative interview. What a sad state of affairs, you know, to hear that uh, your home, which is supposed to be a safe haven for our young people, uh, but has now become a place where they could become victims of sex trafficking, not by strangers, but by their own relatives and family members. That is extremely unfortunate, extremely unfortunate. I know you are enjoying our interview with the Director of Education and Outreach Services for Alternative for Girls, Sandra Ramekin. So happy to have her on the MLK edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, and she's just been sharing with us uh, some insights into uh, the victims of uh, sex trafficking and how uh, they are not just victims uh, that are discovered on the streets of our cities, but they are also victims in their own homes. And that is a tremendously sad part about all of this. It's not just the fact that strangers uh, accost and recruit these young people, but uh, they are recruited sometimes by their own relatives and family members. You know, Sandra, I want to know from you, uh, where does Michigan rank when it comes to states with the most victims of sex trafficking and why? You know, Mike, we hear all kinds of different um, numbers, you know, where we land. Some say we're number two, some say three, four. The fact is we are definitely in the top ten. Mm. Definitely. And, um, you know, some say number two. Let me make it clear that Michigan is actually putting a lot of work into this, so we're reporting out. So obviously for those states who are not reporting out as much, they're going to rank lower than we would, Right. But we are definitely in the top ten. I would probably put us around number six. Wow. It's it's happening here. Now, You again, transportation doesn't have to be a part of sex trafficking, but we are a border state. Right. 75, 90, I mean, running through as well. So it makes it easier to move uh, people if we had to. We have uh, big events that happen here, um, like the car show that we we have. These bring um, uh, people who want to buy sex. They bring them out in numbers. And so when these things are happening, the, the expos, when they're happening, these people are purchasing sex. Last year, I had a call while a group of students were down at, um, you know, visiting the car show. And a few of them were missing. And the, there was such a panic because we know the reality is that there's so many people there that are, uh, you know, looking to lure these girls and lure these young people and these victims into trafficking. Now, we were able to, thank God, to rescue them. But 
it is our reality that because of where we sit, because of um, you know what's happening where we are in Michigan, and also when you when we talk about vulnerability, when we talk about you know um, where we are as far as poverty is concerned, and all the things that's happening in our in our city and our state, then that makes the people and and the victims more vulnerable to human trafficking. Wow. And, you know, as I was listening to you refer to the car show um, and those young people, were they um, victims of uh, attempted victims of sex trafficking or uh, have they just gotten lost? Uh, to my knowledge, one was one was and the others went to search for her. It takes. It, it It is so real. A lot of people believe, as you said earlier, that it's something, you know, it's not happening here. It's right here under our noses. Uh, as you said earlier, it's in our homes. It is not as far removed from each one of us as we may think. It's happening right in our neighborhoods, and we have to be vigilant, and we have to be aware. And, th- and I'm grateful that you're doing this because it brings awareness and education to the broader community about this real epidemic. Yes, this uh, has been on my heart and my mind to do a show about this uh, growing epidemic of human and sex trafficking. As I said to you uh, off air, I attended a session uh, at my church back in November, Greater Grace Temple, uh, where your organization has sent a representative out to talk about uh, this uh, this topic of uh, human and sex trafficking. And it was at that point, at the conclusion of the session, that I introduced myself and uh, took the young lady's information and said I was going to reach out because I wanted to have a representative come on the show and talk about uh, this growing epidemic of human and sex trafficking on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm just so happy to have uh, the director of Outreach and Education, Sandra Ramekin, from the Alternative for Girls organization on the show with us on tonight. Just sharing with us some insights into uh, this growing epidemic of uh, human and sex trafficking that's taking place right here in the state of Michigan. And I know that there are some parents that are tuned in and listening on tonight. Uh, to this interview and so Sandra I want you to give our parents some clues that they should be aware of uh, when they are engaging their uh, young people in their homes uh, what what clues they should be aware of as parents things that they should be watching out for uh, if their children uh, are being groomed uh, to be potential victims of sexual and human trafficking share with them what they should be watching what they should be looking for uh, for young people in their homes that could possibly make them vulnerable uh, to be a victim of sex and human trafficking so and that's a very good question you know when uh, we go into schools part of the work that my organization does the work that we do is go into schools and really bring attention to this issue and we talk to parents about, you know, what to look for and even teachers and, and caring adults about what to look for uh, in our youth to, as an indicator that something is going on that could possibly lead to this. And so we talk about, 
if you see, you know, your young person coming home with expensive gifts or things that you know that you didn't purchase or there's no way that, you know, they're not working and they don't have the funds to purchase those, those items, you know, heads up, open your eyes. That's, that's a, a clue right there. If there's an obsession with some older guy or an older person, you know, some you know, obsession with them and, you know, that they care about them and this is their boyfriend, you know, this, this may be a clue that something is not right. Or if they say that they have, they got offered a, a, a job to do something, you know, that seems too good to be true, then maybe possibly it is too good to be true. Uh, a lot of times, even in, um, you know, these uh, auditions where the, the pimp or the trafficker may notice that this person has, you know, by developing a relationship, notice that they have a desire to be, say, the next top model or to be a great singer. And so one of the things that they would do, they would offer them, you know, opportunities to be this next top model or this next great singer. If, you, if your child is coming home with information like that, you need to, be, you need to really uh, be on guard and, and, and be watchful and be vigilant about having some conversations with, with your child about this because if it sounds good to, too good to be true, then it is too good to be true. I also say... You know, um, Mike, there are times here that uh, after like a uh, some big event like a prom, we tend to get our kids these hotel rooms and they have, um, you know, time where they can have fun with their friends. And a lot of times, you know, there's not a lot, sometimes there's not a lot of uh, parental oversight at those places. But the pimps know where to go and find these young people. And so those are places they're hanging out at, at the hotels and at the malls, et cetera. So have conversations with your kids. These are indicators that something is not right. If they're coming home and they're bruised or they're, they're not as communicative as they were before, you know, if they're showing signs of withdrawal, you need to have conversation. If they're on their um, social media too too long, you know, they're spending a lot of time in their room, you need to be having some conversations about what's going on. That is some great advice that uh, Sandra Ramekin, Director of uh, Education Outreach Services for uh, the Alternative for Girls organization is giving parents on tonight. I hope you're listening and enjoying our conversation about human and sex trafficking. And, you know, as I was listening, I began to think about, you know, is this this problem of human and sex trafficking becoming more prevalent uh, in our society a result of a breakdown of communication between parents and their Children, You know, we hear all the time about parents who say, um, you know, I want to give my child uh, what I didn't have uh, when I was their age. You know, and you hear, you know, them paying for hotel rooms after prom and, uh, you know, buying them uh, expensive gifts and iPhones and all kinds of different uh, uh, devices for them to, you know, be on social media and, you know, and whatnot and and. And what seems to be happening is 
now nowadays those same devices are being used as weapons against their own children you know would you agree with that assessment oh definitely most definitely you know uh, my kids always uh as growing up i have adult kids now but they would always call me a helicopter mom. I, I told them I'm a helicopter mom, a drone mom, or whatever kind of mom I need to be to ensure that you are safe and you are okay. We have allowed, and I, I understand in some part, that we do want better for our children in all parts. I really do understand that. I think, though, that in that we have uh, pulled ourselves away because the kids you know they want to they want to uh, you know do more in their, in te- with technology and social media and be with their friends and and we're missing an opportunity to have what I grew up with was those table talks you know when we have dinner together uh, a couple times a week or and where we could have conversation about what's going on you know when we turn off the technology we turn off the TV and put aside the phones and we can have conversation because something. Trust me, something will come up that will give you some kind of um, idea that something is not right or something is brewing when you have those conversations. We have to keep the conversations, the dialogue going with our children. We really do. We have to make sure that we're in their business. As much as they don't want that, later on they would be very, very grateful for it. I tell people all the time, my kids had phones because I paid for it, not because they paid for it. So those phones belong to me. That means I can go on the phone. I have the password. I can check. I'm not afraid to. I can go on the the laptop, whatever device they have, because it belonged to me. I own it. And even if it did not, trust me, I am their parent. And I have the right, as long as they're in my home, I have the right to make sure that uh, they're safe And because I know that a lot of exploitation can happen on the Internet, it is my duty as a parent to ensure their safety by checking behind them and checking what's going on and their activities on the social media or um, online. You're tuned in to the thinking giving voice to issues that matter to you. Award-winning journalist, Carolyn Clifford. As journalists, we just have to keep doing what we're doing day in and day out. All we can do is report the truth in a non-biased manner, and everything else will work itself out. Activist and thought leader, Marcia L. Dyson. Obviously not Nancy Pelosi because, again, because of social media, she said what she said, but that she's not going to be the one to stop uh, her colleagues from not only thinking out loud, but talking out loud, whoever they are, authentically. Pastor and intellectual, Dr. Frederick Haynes III. In the black church, according to the uh, brilliant author and historian and scholar, L.H. Welchel, Uh, He said the black church was born as a protest movement. Uh, That's the reason the black church came to be. And if we're going to be honest to uh, scripture, I mean, the church itself uh, 
came out protesting. It was a movement of prophetic witness uh, to, you know, the insurrection of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Cracking Planet Earth is your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemitz. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. You tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Director of Outreach and Educational Services for Alternative for Girls, Sandra Ramekin. Let's hear the conclusion of this insightful and impactful interview. I agree with you 200% that parents need to be more actively engaged in the lives of their young people. And maybe, just maybe... Uh, Things like human and sex trafficking uh, will not be something they will fall victim to or pray to. You know, we see all the time uh, where, you know, families are at the dinner table now and everybody is into their cell phone, into their devices, and they're not actively engaged with one another. And what has happened is the enemy will use that as an opportunity to uh, to break up the family and to and to cause things like human and sex trafficking to creep in to their families. And I agree with you one two hundred percent that if you bought your child a cell phone, a smartphone or whatever, you have every right to go into that phone and see what's going on, see what they're doing, see who they're talking to, see who they're engaged with. Uh, Because uh, that activity, that engagement could be a detriment to them and 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 you your involvement uh, in their lives could actually save their lives. So it's so very important. The parents are listening on tonight. uh, Take heed to this advice and become more actively engaged and involved in the lives of your young people. Yes. And also to be aware of who your friends' friends are. Um, I, I, I didn't grow up where I, where I could go to other people's homes to spend the night. Right. You know, that's the reality of some families now. 
I understand that. But you have to know, you know, what's happening in that household that you're sending your child to. You know, who are these friends? What's, re- what's going on? We don't know. We have to be so very careful as parents. And I know that our young people don't want us to be like this, but really it is for their benefit. We need to be vigilant. The only way we can really get a handle on this is if, with our young people, is if us as parents and caring adults really, really, be, um, fight, you know, we, we declare war against this. The enemy, like you said, is looking for a, a place where to come in, just like the, just like, uh, the pimps. They're looking for, vulner- looking for a vulnerable area. If there's a breakdown in the family, that's a vulnerability. And the enemy can come in and really snatch our kids and really take hold. And you know what? That's an issue. That's a huge issue for us. Absolutely, absolutely. I know you guys are enjoying our interview with Director of Education and Outreach Services for Alternative for Girls, Sandra Ramekin. So happy to have her on the MLK edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And she's just been sharing with us some insights into this growing epidemic of human and sex trafficking. You know, since we're talking about your organization, I want you to share with our listeners what are some of the things that your organization is doing and the services that they are providing to help those who are or have been victims of human and sex trafficking? So thank you for asking. Alternatives for Girls is an organization in the um, city of Detroit. And one of the things I spoke about earlier was that we've been on the forefront of this work for a very long time before it became a sexy topic as human trafficking. So we've been doing outreach. We've been doing street outreach where we are going out. Um, Our teams of people are going out in the night, in the evenings and the night, to really meet the needs of these uh, sex workers. 90% of people that we see, Mike, on the the streets that we think are uh, prostitutes are really being forced to do what they're doing. They're not there doing it because they want to. They're being forced to do it. And so part of what we do, the organization Alternatives for Girls, we take resources out to them. We're taking food because the pimp takes away, you know, they, they take away the monies and their resources from them. And so they're left without. So we're giving them food. We're giving them clothing. We're, we're building relationships with them and trust with them. Sometimes that could take up to seven years to build trust. But we want them to know that we are available. We're here for you. We, one thing we know is that the pimps get, um, really put them on drugs, as I said earlier, to um, you know, have this control and dependency on them. And so we uh, take harm reduction things to them. So we're taking condoms and we're taking bleach kits so they can clean their needles that you know, they're, they're using to, to drug themselves up with. We are providing that service for them on the streets. In-house, um, these your ladies and whoever identifies as a female can come in and take showers. So it's kind of a drop-in center where they can come and take showers, get food, get fresh clothing, and just a moment to breathe. It's just like a respite. I mean, there have been times when I see girls or young women or women come in off the streets and they just sit in that shower and just let the water just, you know, just rush, I mean, uh, just fall on them. And they fall asleep because 
They've been out on the streets. I've heard stories where girls and women have had to sleep with up to 30 men a day, up to 30 men a day. I can't even imagine that. Me either. Do Right? And so coming into our space, our, our safe space, they're provided a place where they can just rest for a moment before they have to go back out there. We, have a, we also have a crisis resource center, and we have a crisis hotline that people who are in trouble can call in and say, hey, this is what's going on. I need help. Or they can text. I mean, I'm sorry, we'd have web chat where they can, if they're not uh, able to talk, they can actually talk to us over, um, you know, online. We have, um, we do awareness uh, programs. We do events to bring more awareness to the community. We do a lot of talks in the community. You said one was at Greater, you were at Greater Grace, and we were doing one there. We do trainings around human trafficking. There's a lot of work that we're doing. We're going into schools as well because we realize that we have to get this information out to everybody. Before those young people, we have to do some work before they can get caught up in it so they know, you know, hey, if this person approached me, this is what I'm mean, some prevention work. This is what it, that looks like and how to avoid it. We're doing that work at Alternatives for Girls, and we'll continue to do that work because it is such an important work because it is so prevalent here, and we need to be, my word, very vigilant uh, with this issue. I totally agree with you. I know you are enjoying our interview with Director of Education and Outreach Services for Alternative for Girls, Sandra Ramekin. We've been so happy to have her on the Thinking Out Loud radio show with us on tonight. And as we wrap this interview, I want to know from you, Sandra, um, is there any legislation in place or being proposed to crack down on sex trafficking, not just here in Michigan, but around this country? Well, there, there, there's a lot of work, I think, um, going on around human trafficking um, globally. I think that's one of the 12 initiatives really uh, right now globally um, that they're working on is human trafficking. Um, here in the United States, that's the same. And each state um, is really addressing it differently. I don't think everybody is doing it the same, same thing. But in Michigan, there is a lot of work that um, is happening around this. It, it, it's not going to happen overnight, but there is a lot of work that's um, happening. We have Task Force, Michigan um, Human Trafficking Task Force, that's um, in the forefront of this. We have legislators who are working. We have um, a safe harbor law because what was happening before, Mike, is that when a, a, a minor was, um, you know, caught on the street, say, say prostitution in quotes, they will be taken in and um, booked and then they would have a record. Now with the safe harbor law, that's in effect, which is a really good thing. Now this does not, if, if it can be proven that the minor was being trafficked, then they will not have a record. Now that's a huge win. Mm. That um, victim an opportunity to go back into society and become a productive citizen rather than ha having to deal with a record. So that's really huge. And uh, Michigan has adopted the safe harbor law, and we're we're very very happy about that. But there's a lot there are a lot of 
um, things that still needs to take place. How you know we we um, penalize the purchases, the 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 Johns, the people who are you know buying the sex. You know how how what do we do? Do we how do do we give them a slap on the wrist and send them home, or are we going to say okay this is rape if it's a minor, right? So we're working through all of that um, legislatively right now because we really want to crack down on those who are buying sex and who are trafficking these um, uh, victims. That's right. And, yes, we've heard the names Jeffrey Epstein and Harvey Weinstein, uh, you know, in the media uh, who have been accused of sex trafficking. But there are countless others who operate uh, operate in the cover of night and, uh, you know, have been doing so for some time now. Uh, recruiting our young girls and young boys into this business of sex trafficking. And so um, we just want to, again, thank uh, Director of Outreach and Education Services, Sandra Ramekin, uh, from the Alternative for Girls organization, for being on the Thinking Out Loud radio show with us on tonight, sharing with us some insights into this growing epidemic of sex and human trafficking right here in the state of Michigan. You know, as we get ready to close this interview on tonight, I want you to share with our listeners, maybe some parents listening that have identified some of the clues that you uh, made them aware of during tonight's show, and they want to reach out to your organization. I want you to share with them how they can contact you, how they can connect with your organization, or there may be someone listening that um, is a part of a church or another organization that would like you to come out and do a, um, a presentation about human and sex trafficking. We want you to give them that information about that so that they can in turn save the lives of the young people that are affiliated with their organizations as well. So to get in contact with us at Alternatives for Girls, our phone number is 313-361-4000, 313-361-4000. We do also have a crisis hotline number, which is 888-234-3919. That's 888-234-3919. 3919 and we are available as you said Mike to come out and to go out and speak to any audience to do any kind of training around human trafficking we want to get as many people aware and educated because the pims depend on us not being aware and not being educated that's how this thing thrives and it continues is because we our eyes are closed we don't know and I always say that the, the eyes cannot see what the mind doesn't know. Become educated and become aware of what's really happening right around us. And so we are available. I am available. My team, we can come out. We can, like I said, do trainings and speak. We have a skit that, uh, you know, that's relatable to for young people. I think they would really enjoy that. We can bring that out. There are a lot of ways we can um, take this information to uh, the community, and we are available and willing to do that. There's also, let me say one more thing too. Nationally, there is a hotline, a national hotline for uh, human trafficking, and that's 888-373-7888. 
That's 888-373-7888. Or um, someone can text B-E-F-R-E-E, Be Free, or the number 233-733. So there you have it, guys. I know you have enjoyed our interview with Director of Education and Outreach Services for the Alternative for Girls organization, Sandra Ramick. And we've been blessed by her interview on tonight, sharing with us insights into this growing epidemic of human and sex trafficking. You know, as I was listening to her, the scripture that came to mind is my people perish for the lack of knowledge. And that is what our show is and has always been about. And again, we want to thank you for being on the show with us on tonight. We truly, truly appreciate it. And we hope that um, your organization will continue uh, providing services to those who become victims uh, of human and sex trafficking and that you will gain the resources that, that are needed and, and are necessary in order to um, become even more effective in the days, weeks, months, and even years to come. May God continue to bless you. Well, thank you so much for having me on your show. It was indeed my pleasure. Thank you so much. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. This is Michael Eric Dyson. And when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons and the Thinking Out Loud radio show for over 10,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, and now available at michaelnimmons.com. The Thinking Out Loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you were you to believe? Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. Stay 
Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. As we remember and commemorate the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., I can look at my life and see how he has inspired me in so many ways. I remember as a kid watching the King miniseries, and it was at that point, seeing that series, an interest grew in life of Dr. King. I remember asking my dad about his speeches, and he just so happened to have a few of his records that I immediately began to listen to and memorize. I even tried to emulate his baritone voice. You know, I love uh, the way he spoke. I love his use of imagery and poetry in his speeches. I had gotten so good at reciting his speeches that I delivered them at school assemblies. That's right. Churches. And I was even asked to deliver one of his speeches during the annual Dr. King celebration right here in, in Detroit, Michigan at Cobo Hall. I definitely have several favorite Dr. King speeches and sermons that I still can recite. The I Have a Dream speech, uh, Our God is Marching On, A Knock at Midnight, just to name a few. Uh, but one of my favorite speeches uh, that I, I love to recite was his last speech that he ever gave, and that was, I've Been to the Mountaintop. The part of this speech that impacted me the most was him recounting the story of his stabbing at a New York book signing by a demented woman. And how he was so close to death that if he had just sneezed, he would have died. Take a listen. I want to say tonight that I too am happy that I didn't sneeze because if I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been around here in 1960. When students all over the South started sitting in at lunch counters. And I knew that as they were sitting in, they were really standing up for the best in the American dream and taking the whole nation back to those great wells of democracy which were dug deep by the founding fathers in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. If I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been around here in 1961 when we decided to take a ride for freedom and ended segregation in interstate travel. If I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been around here in 1962. The Negroes in Albany, Georgia, decided to straighten their backs up. And whenever men and women straighten their backs up, they are going somewhere because a man can't ride your back unless it is bent. If I had sneezed, If I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been here in 1963. The black people of Birmingham, Alabama, aroused the conscience of this nation and brought into being the Civil Rights Bill. If I had sneezed, I wouldn't have had a chance later that year in August to try to tell America about a dream that I had had. If I had sneezed, 
I wouldn't have been down in Selma, Alabama to see the great movement there if I had sneezed. I wouldn't have been in Memphis to see a community rally around those brothers and sisters who are suffering. I'm so happy that I didn't sneeze. And they were telling me. Now it doesn't matter now. It really doesn't matter what happens now. I left Atlanta this morning and as we got started on the plane, there were six of us. The pilot said over the public address system, we are sorry for the delay. But we have Dr. Martin Luther King on the plane. And to be sure that all of the bags were checked. And to be sure that nothing would be wrong on the plane, we had to check out everything carefully. And we've had the plane protected and guarded all night. And then I got into Memphis. And some began to say the threats, or talk about the threats that were out. Or what would happen to me from some of our sick white brothers? Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now, because I've been to the mountaintop. I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know the night that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. I want to give a special thanks to Sandra Ramekin, Director of Education and Outreach Services for Alternative for Girls, for being on the show with us on tonight. We definitely appreciate her insight and her knowledge regarding human and sex trafficking. If you're in need of her organization's services and their assistance, just give them a call at 313-361-4000. That number again is 313-361-4000. Or call the crisis line at 888-AFG-3919. That crisis line again is 888-AFG-3919. 
3919. I'm sure many of you that are listening on tonight um, might need their services, might want them to come out to your church, your organization, to do a presentation on human and sex trafficking. You, I'm sure they'd be more than happy to accommodate you. Again, that phone number is 313-361-4000. The organization is called Alternative for Girls. Be sure and check them out. Want to thank you for tuning in to tonight's show. We truly, truly appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed the MLK edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to spend it with us. I hope you take the advice that was given by Sandra Ramekin, those parents that are listening on tonight that have children that are into their cell phones, into their smartphones, don't have time for, uh, you know, conversation with their families, with their parents. It's time for us to become proactive and not reactive. I always say that. I think it's so very important that parents take an active role in their in their children's lives. Look at your child's phone. Look what they're doing on social media, especially if you bought the phone. That that's your phone. That's not their phone. Look at what they're doing on social media. Become more actively involved and engaged in the lives of your children. I believe the enemy is using the breakdown in the, in the family's communication as a way to increase uh, this epidemic, this uh, sinister epidemic of human and sex trafficking that's taking place around the world. That's right, guys. And it's happening right in our neck of the woods. And I hope you enjoyed this interview. I really and truly do but again parents be let's be more proactive and not reactive that's right guys and again we thank you so much for your support of the thinking out loud radio show if you enjoyed tonight's show go out rate review and subscribe to the uh to the podcast uh Check us out on Facebook.com, our Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page, the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, Facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, or on Twitter and Instagram at TOL Radio Show, MSN, or TOL Radio Show, or the TOL Radio Show. Any one of those three will get you in touch with us. We would love to hear from you. Or send us an email at contact at michaelnimmons.com. That's right, guys. Or go to our website and leave us a comment on our official radio show page that's right michaelnimmons.com TOL radio show that's our official show page we would love to hear from you well that's all that's all we got for this week guys be sure to tune in next week we're going to have another great show in store for you and uh, and as always until next time always remember if you think it you can believe it if you can believe it you can see it if you can see it you can be it if you can be it you can achieve it the power rests within you the mind is the most powerful muscle in your body use what you got to get what you want the power is in you it's the thinking out loud radio show Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Be sure to support all of our radio show partners. If you like the show, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. Want to book radio show host Michael Nimitz for a speaking engagement, book signing, or corporate event? Send an email to contact at michaelnimitz.com. Be sure to follow the show on all of its social media accounts on Instagram at the TOL Radio Show, on Twitter at TOL Radio Show, or on our Facebook fan page at www.facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. 
Are you an entrepreneur? Want to advertise? Become a Thinking Out Loud radio show partner and take advantage of our free introductory advertising offers. Send an email to Thinking Out Loud radio show at gmail.com for more details. Visit the new home of the Thinking Out Loud radio show at www.michaelnemons.com forward slash TOL radio show. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you.